0: happy Sabbath. I never imagined that this day would come. Um, I'm not going to be emotional. Hopefully. But it's been a great 11 years. It's been a great 11 years. Um, you know, today we only had one service. And so I'm gonna take the, t- the, the, the 35 minutes that I would have had in the first service and add it to this service. <laughs> I promise you, the Holy is not gonna leave at, at 12.30. All right, we're 12.45 right now, he's not gonna check out. But uh, man, I'm just, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I was given to come and serve here. I'm grateful for what God has done in my own life, uh, the growth that I've experienced in my own journey, and I'm grateful to be able to work with such an amazing group of people. Uh, So many people to thank. Uh, I want to thank the Michigan Conference for extending the call. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Dwight for uh, extending the call. Uh, I want to thank the governance board for being supportive along the way and listening to all of my uh, wild and crazy ideas and supporting me to help make those things happen. Uh, Special thank you to Pastor Skip Man, Pastor Skip a soldier, man. <laughs> Pastor Skip, you are, you're a you're, you're Navy SEAL as well. You're a Navy SEAL as well, man. Your, uh, your love for people, your God-given gift of being able to see the very best in anybody is amazing. It's amazing. And uh, Pastor Skip was very, 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 very instrumental in my family coming to Harbor of Hope. And for that, Pastor Skip, I'm forever grateful. I'm forever grateful. Uh, grateful to be able to work on the pastoral staff here at Pioneer, people like Prescott, uh, Pastor Riley, Pastor Jennifer, uh, several others: Richard, uh, Ben. Uh, when you start naming names, you forget somebody's name. It be it's a bad situation, so I'm just gonna stop naming names. <laughs> but uh, all great people. And then, uh, man, my Harbor of Hope family, you know, they're, they're here today, represent. So if you hear some loud shouting going on and some my Amen corner, know it's them. The things that we were able to accomplish, I promise you, it couldn't have happened without you guys. It would not have happened. It would not have been possible uh, without your hard work and your willingness to do the crazy things uh, as well. And listen, let me say this about one person in particular. Uh, Her name is Hottany Gibbs. Over the years, she has become a, uh, like my sister. Um, She's amazing. She is one of the best, if not the best, youth ministry leaders that this church has to offer. And when I say this, church, I'm not talking about Harbor of Hope or Pioneer. I'm talking about the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And the Lord has great things in store for you, Hodgman. It may take humans a long time to see what the Lord is doing and has done. But we see you. We see you. I love you, Brown. <laughs> I promise y'all we're gonna get through this. I got a sermon to preach up here. My, my wife. Man, y'all just don't know. Any success that you've seen us have at Harbor of Hope? Come on. Come on with it's my wife, man. Listen, man, if you want to obtain, let me give a young man, any young man out here a secret. If you want to obtain the Lord's favor in your life, the Bible says, find a wife. While you are here at Andrews, you need to be looking for a wife. Because the moment you graduate, It gets harder when you go out to that little small church somewhere that you. This is this is not real. Remember, the church that you're going to graduate and go be a part of is going to be a small church. So look for it while you're here. And the Bible says you will obtain the favor of the Lord. And so I give credit to the success, any success you've seen us experience, to my wife. She's not an upfront person. She plays the background a lot. But man, she is the most supportive person that I have in my life. And I'm grateful and thankful for you, babe. I love you. We're going to get to this word today. I'm, 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 I'm trying to do something today that, uh, you know, it's Christmas time, so, you know, Christmas is on Monday, and we want to be in the Christmas spirit, and so by the grace of God, uh, I'm going to attempt to share with you what God is calling me to uh, while highlighting a theme of Christmas that I think we often overlook. And so today I want to speak to you under the subject, Farewell Pioneer, Vision Calls. Farewell Pioneer, Vision Calls. Let us pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm simply asking that you would allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, to be acceptable in your sight and encouraging to your people. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. On September 30, 2023, I announced to the Harbor of Hope congregation My December 30, 2023, resignation. That was a hard decision. Inevitably, the question that people would ask, well, where are you going? Or some even say, what? What are you going to be doing? Why are you leaving? Somebody even, somebody uh, asked me, uh, Pastor Shane, "Are are you leaving because of the new Pastor? Absolutely not. Who, by the way, as Pastor Skip shared, showed up at Harbor of Hope before he showed up here. That's a little bragging rights <laughs> that we can hold on to. But he's been extremely supportive, had absolutely nothing to do with, uh, with that. And, and, and so as I'm, as I'm listening to people, uh, I'm being reminded of the fact that life will present opportunities for you to make hard decisions. As a matter of fact, Uh, Some decisions that you make will have no logic to those decisions. Some of those decisions will be irrational. Some of those decisions will be decisions where people will look at you crazy and look at you funny and wonder what in the world are you doing while you're throwing your opportunity away. But you know that there is a time and place where God will call you to do something that does not make logical sense. It doesn't make financial sense. It doesn't make social sense, but it makes spiritual sense. As a matter of fact, you can look down biblical history and you can see people who had to make very hard decisions. If you need some evidence, let's pull Abraham to the witness stand. And Abraham will tell you, it was hard when I knew God was telling me to get up in the wee hours of the morning and go and offer your son as a sacrifice. You mean God, the son that you, it took almost a hundred years for me to be able to produce. Yes, that son did not make logical sense. Esther, you have to go and enter into the king's chamber and let the king know that he is not to to, to destroy your people. You got to go inside. But what if I die? I can get killed. I can get killed if I'm not summoned by the king. It was a hard decision. Daniel, are you going to continue to pray? You know, they just passed this law that said you can't pray. You can't pray to anybody but the king. Are you going to, are you going to continue to worship and pray to your God? As you look throughout biblical history, you will find that there are people who had to make hard decisions. And I want to suggest to you today that I believe that in this sanctuary, in this house of God, even watching online, there are some individuals who are here today and you are in the valley of a hard decision. There's something that God is calling you to do. There's something that you know that you need to do. In fact, you got the revelation, you got the feeling, you got the unction early on in the year. We only have about seven days or eight days left in the year and you've delayed the decision because it's a hard decision. But there's good news today because I have a word from the Lord. To help you with that hard decision. And it's found in Matthew chapter 2. Verse 18 through 21 and 24. I'm going to read it here on the screen. The Bible says this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together. She was found. To be pregnant. Oh, you see, you've been in church too long. (laughs) I'm gonna read that one more time. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, before the marriage was consummated, she was found. To be pregnant. Oh man, this is. A and then the scripture says, "Through the Holy Spirit." Now, I, I, I need, I need, I need the fellas in the house of God today to 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 to, to feel what I'm saying right now. See, 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 a lot of times uh, during the holiday season, we hear the Christmas story about uh, 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 Jesus being born in the manger. Uh, we hear about the wise men. We hear about the person who was uh, at the inn and didn't have enough uh, t- uh, space for Jesus to stay. We hear about Herod. We hear about Mary. But there's one figure in particular who gets no love. Come on, Brother Joseph. Why are we not talking about Joseph? Any stepdads in the house of God today? You feel like you're not getting enough love? Well, look, Joseph is one of those individuals, and so here's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at Joseph, and, and, and we're going to put ourselves in Joseph's shoes. Fellas, come on. We're going to put ourselves in Joseph's shoes right now, and we're going to read this as if we were Joseph. Your wife comes to you that you pledged to be married to, and when she came, before you all came together, you doing it You doing right by God. You're not hanging out past nine o'clock. You're not watching a movie together, sitting too close to each other. You're trying to do right by God. And the Bible says before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. So, the reason why I want to highlight Brother Joseph today is because Joseph, Joseph uh, 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 is in a position right now to determine whether or not, hear me now, whether or not in 2023, whether or not we will, it will be a Merry Christmas or a Marry Christmas. Somebody get it. Look, Brother Joseph is the one who determined whether or not it will be a Jerry Christmas or a Merry Christmas. All right, let me help to slow people out real quick. See, this is a Merry Christmas right here. Some of y'all, you just, you just not getting it. See, Joseph, Joseph, the, the, the moment Mary came and told Joseph, Joseph could have got on the phone and said, we're going to have to make sure, you know, according to this, is what, this, is what, this is what, according to our test results, Joseph, <laughs> you are not the father. So you got it, you got, I want you to understand where Joseph's coming from right now. I want you to understand. See, see, see not only that, but think about this. Joseph had, Joseph had friends. He had homeboys. That he has to go and tell his homeboys, man, my, she pregnant. Watch this, hold on. Let me give you another one. We're going, we're going to, the, to the internet today. You know, the internet is undefeated. So, Mary, I'm pregnant, but I'm still a virgin. Joseph, friends. I, I, I want y'all to understand how, how amazing of a man Joseph is. Joseph is phenomenal. Joseph doesn't get as much love as he should. But we're giving Joseph some love today. Now here's the last one. Here's the last one right here. Here's the last one right here. This is is Mary talking to Jesus. Mom, where do babies come from? Joseph back there. Yeah, Mary, where do babies come from? Talk to him. I'm trying to figure it out too. What they taught us in school is different from what you, but here's the thing, here's the thing. The internet got it wrong, but the scriptures got it right. The Bible says that because Joseph, uh, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He's still a man. He still was getting ready to divorce her. Which means that she explained it. It's the Holy Ghost, Joseph. I don't know what kind of Holy Ghost that is. But I'm going to do right by you, okay? We're not going to make it. I'm not going on Jerry Springer. I'm not, I'm not calling Mari. all right? I'm not calling the cheaters, uh, uh, and hiring a private investigator to follow you around and put you on the internet. Not gonna do that. I'm gonna let you go. God bless you. <laughs> right? Here. Watch this, watch this. Here's what Joseph does Joseph shows us that it is possible to be faithful to the law without disgrace. Oh, there are some Adventists who need to hear this word today. The Bible says, the Bible, let me go back, let me go back for a minute. The Bible says that, uh, that because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, he's going to do what the law says. He honored the law. He saw that the law was righteous and holy. He was faithful to the law. Uh, And yet, Did not want to expose her to public disgrace. In other words, he wasn't disingraced. I need somebody to understand today that it's possible for you to be firm and faithful to what God called you to do when he called you to do the right thing and still be patient and kind and gracious and loving and forgiving to other people who may not be quite on the same page as you are about the law. It's possible. And watch this. The Bible says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I need somebody to know today that God shows up and gives guidance through revelation in sticky situations. You may find yourself in the middle of a sticky situation right now. You may find yourself in the middle of a rock, in between a rock and a hard place. There's a difficult decision that you have to make. I need you to understand that God shows up and gives guidance and gives wisdom to show you exactly what you need to do in that hard situation. You're not by yourself. The Lord is with you. Who says amen to that? The Bible promises, Uh, the Bible goes on to say, this is what he did. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Because Joseph was a gracious man, we say Merry Christmas instead of Marry Christmas. Hallelujah, somebody. Joseph can testify in Psalm 32 verse 8 that the Lord says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye upon you. I resonate with Joseph and I'm sure that somebody here today does as well. Because sometimes You have to make a decision, and that decision is painful. Sometimes that decision may end some relationships that you believe are important, but God may be pulling you away. Sometimes those decisions that you have to make are decisions that can impact you financially negatively. Listen, before I came to accept this role as the pastor of Harbor Hope, I was pastoring a church down in Yazoo City, Mississippi and Rolling Fork, Mississippi. Now, I tell you, look, it made no logical sense for me to leave where I was to come be here. And let me tell you why. See, I had just, my wife and I had just giving birth to our daughter and my mother-in-law had just moved to Yazoo City. We had an instant babysitter. (laughs) We could just get in the car and go shopping without having to worry about the car seat that was amazing. Not just that. Listen, in Yazoo City and Rolling Fork, Mississippi, during the winter time, there was nothing white falling from the sky. It made. Listen, the youth director of the conference had just asked me to be the sports ministry coordinator for the entire conference. I was like, let's go. And then I get a call from Pastor Skip telling me to fast and pray about leaving where I was to come here. Now, let me tell you something. When the Lord led me and my wife to make that decision to accept this call, it was a hard decision. And one of the things about that, that, that hear me, people, people said, man, look, how are you going to leave this conference? Uh, how are you going to leave the regional conference retirement plan, which is better than the state conference, the GC retirement plan? It, it, it is just. Exactly. <laughs> how are you going to do that? Man, how are you going to leave and go to a place where your family is closer here than you are? How, how are you going to do that? They were using logic. They were using finances. They were using things that human beings tend to do. But I'm here to suggest to you today that God is interested in His people depending on Him, in His people trusting in Him. Because let me tell you something. The moment we made up our minds that this is what the Lord is leading us to do. Shortly thereafter, there was a roadblock that got in the way for me actually coming. And that roadblock was a financial roadblock. And then the Lord stepped in. And someone wrote a check to the tune of one hundred and eighty eight thousand dollars. And paid off all of my student loan debt, my wife's student loan debt, car debt, credit card debt. Listen to what I'm telling you. Someone out there right now. You're struggling to make a decision because you're trying to reason it. Some decisions are to be made in the spirit. Not. With your mind, because you will talk yourself out of doing what God has told you to do already. And so as we get into this word today, as we as we get into the word today, we're going to answer the question, how does God give guidance when we have to make hard decisions. And I want to turn your attention now to Acts chapter 16, verse 6 through 10. The Bible says that Paul and his companions travel throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. I hope you didn't miss that, but if you did, I want you to understand that sometimes God gives guidance by hindrance. Sometimes God gives guidance by hindrance. What does that mean, pastor? Sometimes, listen to me, sometimes God will give guidance by interfering with what you're doing. Sometimes God will give guidance by holding you back or slowing you down. Sometimes God will give guidance by stopping you from doing something that you are determined to do, that you are trying hard to do. Somebody in here right now, you may be trying hard to make a relationship work, that God is saying, you need to let this thing go. Somebody right here, somebody right now, you're trying hard to get a job. You're trying hard to get the promotion. You're trying hard to do something that is going against the will of God, that's why it's not working. I just read a a story about four young girls, college students at Pepperdine University in their early 20s. They're going and hanging out and just having a good time at the beach and on their way to have a good time at the beach and and all of a sudden uh, there's a car that's coming 104 miles per hour instantly kills all four. But as I continue to read about this story, there's a young girl, their close friend, who said, I knew that I would have been in that car with them had I not had this class that I had to go to. Were it not for that class keeping me, I wouldn't be alive right now. I just want to know if there's somebody in the house of God today who can rejoice and shout and say, thank God that the person that you were planning on marrying, it didn't work out because you see where their life is right now and you see where your life is right now. I just want to know if there's somebody who will say, thank God that I didn't get in the car that day. Thank God that we didn't go there. Thank God that I didn't do what I was trying to do. Praise God for the hindrance in my life. If you've been trying to make something work, you need to pause and ask God, is this God guiding me by hindering me? Is this God guiding me by preventing me? Now, here's something that I need you to see. What is it that you don't see in the text? I'm going to give it back to you right now. Here it is right there. What is it that you don't see in the text? Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word, they're talking about doing something right. This is the Spirit of God trying to prevent them from doing something right, something good. What is it that you don't see? The Bible says that the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Here's what you don't see. What you don't see in the text is an explanation of why they were hindered. See, 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 the problem with some of us is that we want God to explain all the details as to why I shouldn't go with this person or why I shouldn't apply for that job or why I shouldn't do this or why I shouldn't do that. And I want you to get to the point in your journey where it does not matter why, you just want to know what God wants you to do and you're willing to be faithful and obedient to do what God says. And when you do what God says, he begins to show you things and open up the the windows of heaven and pour out blessings for you that you won't have room enough to receive. Don't worry about the why. Just do the what. Don't even worry about the how. Just do the what. The Bible says, so they passed down Mijah and went down to Troas. During, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us, the Bible says. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding now that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Second thing I need you to know is that God gives guidance by vision. God gives guidance by vision. Bible says in Joel 2 28, and afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Bible says during the night Paul had a vision. I like how George Bonner defines vision. He says vision is a clear mental picture of a preferred future. Vision is something that you see. Uh, we don't know if Paul was uh uh, uh it, it was a dream or we don't know it, uh, how he received the vision, but 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 he 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 got this vision, and that vision provided the clarity that he needed in order to lead him and his companions to make the decision to move forward. And what's really, really powerful about this is that this this obedience, hear me, this is why you have to do what God is calling you to do. The obedience of Paul actually changed the course of history. Up to this point, the gospel had not been preached in Europe. The faithful obedience to this one man to do what God had called him to do, to carry out the vision that God had given him ah uh, determine whether or not an entire continent would receive the gospel there are many here today because paul was obedient and i believe that where there is vision people will flourish As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, more than 20 years ago, a vision was declared. Right here in this sanctuary, Pastor Dwight preached a word that inspired young people, college students from this university to go down to Benton Harbor, Michigan. And he gave birth to Harbor of Hope. As a matter of fact, it took vision for some individuals to say, hey, listen, we understand you guys are worshiping in this building and the building is kind of falling apart and you're saying that you need a new space, you need a new location, no problem. By the grace of God, there were a handful of individuals that wrote a check for $100,000, another check for $200,000, and another individual wrote a check for $100,000 and you have Harbor of Hope." I need you to know that it took vision. It took vision for the church to agree with me. Amen, somebody. To put a basketball court on the front line of the church. It took vision. They saw the vision. And the vision brought forth fruit. It took vision to say, you know what? We're going to go out here and give free gas to the community and cause traffic jams that we didn't anticipate. We're going to call it Christmas at the pump. And when people show up, we're going to pray with them. We're going to encourage them. We're going to let them know that Jesus is the reason for the season. It took vision for the congregation to say, hey, you know what? Rather than just complaining and whining about the bad things happening out of community with our young people, let's do something about it. Let's kick off what we call Operation Safe Space. When the folks show up, let's feed them food. When the kids show up, let's give them an opportunity to be active and uh, not playing video games all day. Amen, somebody. It took vision. Say, hey, listen, let's teach lessons about conflict resolution. It took vision to partner with individuals in the community to educate young people on financial literacy. It took vision and it took, a, uh, it took a Navy SEAL team to go out and plant signs in the community that communicate messages like think twice, don't take a life. Don't pull that trigger, your family needs you. My life has purpose, prison is not. For me, save our youth together, we can end gun violence. And this is some of the most vision driven, vision minded group of people that I've had the opportunity and privilege to serve with. Over these last 11 years. And I want you to know that all of these things lead to something. It lead to people. Men and women, boys and girls making their stand for Jesus. God gives guidance through vision. And vision calls. The Bible says during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. I've been receiving Macedonian calls for quite some time now. These Macedonian calls have come from other individuals, other pastors in particular. And it's been happening for, like I said, quite some time, years, to be quite honest with you. But It was hard and illogical. It didn't make sense. As a matter of fact, I tried to work something out. I made this proposal to the governance board. I said, hey, listen, man, I'll pass the harbor of hope for free. And I'll travel around and I'll go help train other churches with individuals who have been calling and asking, hey, man, how are you guys doing the things that you're doing? But that wasn't the Lord's plan. And the way that I knew that is because I decided that I was going to go. In fact, I had told Pastor Skip, I said, Pastor Skip, man, I believe the Lord is calling me to go. And as evidence of that, <clears throat> the Lord began to, you know, vision not only calls, but it text. <laughs> right. And so I got this text message. This is Friday, September 8th of this year. The pastor says, we need training on how to use basketball to reach the community. We can provide the comfortable housing for your team and other details. Keep me in the forefront of your mind. And then he put this scripture. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And so now I got to pray. There's a place called the Waters Retreat Center in Buchanan. And I've gone there from time to time whenever I'm facing hard decisions to be alone with the Lord out in the woods. There's this beautiful scenery. I need to get some kickback on this. I'm promoting this place. (laughs) You should go there, though. But as I'm out there, I kid you not, as I'm out there, I'm praying, I'm talking to the Lord. And the Lord said unto me, wasn't audible, didn't see anything written in the sky. But it was a vision. And the Lord said, Taurus, why are you doing all this praying? You already know what you're supposed to do. And shortly thereafter. I communicated to the governance board and let them know that I was going to be resigning from my role of lead pastor at Harbor of Hope come the end of this year. Now, with that, I'm excited now. I, I get some vision is happening now. Oh, man, we're about to travel the world. We're going to go around all across the United States of America. We're going to go to the uh, uh, urban cities uh, 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 of this nation, and we're going to train churches. We're going to do youth evangelism. We're going to be out. Of, I'm going to show the folks how, how what the Lord has been doing. Pray. Hallelujah. And then I remembered. This is my tour bus. Oh, yeah, this is my tour bus that we're going. To, I'm, I'm speaking. that. I'm, I'm, that's a vision right there. That's the vision right there, all right? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, 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 I'm feeling good about this. I'm finally getting to a place now. I see it, God. I see it. Yes, and then I remember that God gives guidance through community. Stay with me. This is the last one. The Bible says Paul and his Amen. companions. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready to leave for Macedonia, concluded that God had called us to preach. I'm excited. I'm pumped up, ready to go. But I got a wife. And so what happened was... Uh, the scripture says, look, uh, where there is no counsel, the people fail. But in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. When I tell my wife, babe, God has called us to tour. She, she did me like Joseph, friends. Now, don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. My wife is extremely supportive. Like I said, everything that we've done, everything, all the success, all that good stuff. Listen, my wife has been supportive. My wife has made me a better human being. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. Now, interestingly enough, the Lord had already told my wife that it's time for us to transition. I was hanging on. It didn't make I love what I was doing. It didn't make sense. Having great success here. Man, this is wonderful. But the Lord had already spoken to my wife, it's time to leave. And she never pressed that on me, only prayed for me. Amen. And so now when I'm telling my wife, okay, babe, yeah, it's time to go. And this is what God's saying, go. She's like, well, I don't, you know. <laughs> but then, look, let me tell you something. I'm going to hit you with, look, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. This is what God did. This is what God did. The day I told my wife about this, we, you know, she, she, she left, went downstairs, feeling some type of way. I could, I could tell she was a little frustrated, agitated, irritated, went downstairs. She's, uh, now, I'm still upstairs. I don't go downstairs until about 20 minutes later. And when I get down there, you know, she's been crying, talking to God, and so on and so forth. I'm like, man, I didn't know it was that. And expressing her fears of doing this, Expressing her desire to, okay, I thought we you know we were transitioning into something a little bit more stable. And I said, Babe, listen. I just feel like this is what God is calling us to do. And she had this sense of God was, God was just kind of consoling me here, and he says everything will be okay. If we do his will and so on and so forth. But then then something happened that confirmed everything. I left, go to the church, what have you. And she texted me a couple of hours later and said that, you know, rather than doing school with the kids. My kids are homeschooled doing school with the kids. She decided that she was going to just spend the day uh, cleaning the house, getting ready for Sabbath, so on and so forth. And then she turned on this podcast. And the name of the podcast is Famous at Home. Podcast is with, uh, now she, she hardly, every blue moon maybe listen to this podcast. But during this particular podcast, it's a young couple, husband, wife. He's a minister, teacher, preacher, goes around and, you know, got books and stuff like that. They have this podcast and on their podcast, they make this big announcement. And their big announcement was that they were transitioning. They were selling their house and moving. They were going to get a RV and travel across the country and go from church to church teaching and training people about relationships and marriage. And then the, the, the wife said, you know, we, we, we struggle with, well, what, what are we gonna do we want to do with homeschool? My kids are homeschooled. And so we said, we're going to figure it out. We're going to do homeschool on the road. It's going to be amazing for the kids. And then she called me and said, oh, I got this text message. Babe, you're not going to believe this. I just listened to this podcast. And the same thing that you were saying the Lord is calling us to do, he confirmed it. As I listened to this podcast, they're doing the same thing. I said, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. As I do this, I'm not going to be employed by the denomination. I'm stepping out on faith. Yeah, you got you. I, I don't I won't. I don't my, I won't have a retirement plan. I won't have a health. Look, I, look, I'm not I'm not I'm not encouraging you to make bad decisions. <laughs> Okay, I'm not encouraging you to make bad decisions. Okay, we saved up some money, praise God. I'm not encouraging you, but, but here, but here we, we preach faith a lot. Come on, come on. I've preached it a lot. But I tell you, over these last 11 years, I've also gotten comfortable. Check coming every month. Haven't missed one, praise God. But God is saying, Taurus, Is more to it than being comfortable. And there's a work that I've called you to do. Are you going to do it? And so my family and I said, yes, I wish I could tell you all the details. I don't have all the details. What I do know is that we're going on a missionary tour. And we'll be traveling from major city to major city. Churches will be bringing us in. And we'll be doing training and helping mobilize our young people for evangelism. Don't have all the money for it. Matter of fact, I don't have any money for it at all. (laughs) But guess what? God does. God does. Listen, I need to wrap this up. I need to wrap this up. And I want to do so by making a two simple appeals. Number one. Someone in the house of God today. You need to make a hard decision. And you want to say today. Lord. Help me. To make this decision. If that's your desire. Would you just stand to your feet. You have a hard decision to make. There's something challenging that God is calling you to. You're standing because you're crying out, Lord, help me. To make. This decision. My second appeal is this. Someone says. I've been struggling. And it's been hard for me. To go all the way. With Jesus. And so you're here today and you want to say, God, help me to make the decision to give my life to Christ and be baptized or rebaptized. That's your desire. That's a decision that you have to make. If that's you, would you just stand to your feet and raise your hand? If that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus. Maybe it's for the first time or the second time. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Praise God. I see. I see some hand raised back there. Amen. Praise God. Can you all come and see me after service today? Can you see me as soon as I say Amen? As soon as I say the benediction. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Raise your hand. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to leave this opportunity. I don't don't want anybody to miss out on this opportunity. Just raise your hand. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are here right now. Some of us having to make very difficult decisions. And it's my prayer that the same God who guided Joseph, the same God who guided Paul and his companions, will give them guidance, give them strength, and give them the courage to do what you've called them to do. Father, I pray for the young man, the young woman who is desiring to give their hearts to Jesus, that you would give them the strength to do so even now. And Lord, last but not least, I'm gonna pray a selfish prayer. And that prayer, oh Lord, is that everyone here under the sound of my voice will pray for me and my family. Amen. That they will lift us up. That they will pray that you would provide all the resources that we need. And Father, I can't wait to be able to testify. As to all the great things in the great ways that you have answered their prayers. We love you, God. We thank you for hearing and answering this prayer. For we ask these things in Jesus name. Let everybody who believe say amen. 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 Amen.